0: Today's first reading comes from the fourth chapter of Acts. The next day, the rulers, elders, and scribes assembled in Jerusalem with Aeneas the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and all who were of the high priest's family. When they had made the prisoners stand in their midst, they inquired, by what power or by what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders, For there is no, one, no other name under heaven given among mortals by which we must be saved. Here ends the reading. Today's psalm is Psalm 23, and instead of reading it responsively by verse, I thought since it is Good Shepherd Sunday, it would be nice to read it in unison. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures and leads me beside still waters. He revives my soul and guides me along bright pathways for his name's sake. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil,
1: for you are with me, your rod
0: and your staff, they comfort me. You spread a table before me in the presence of those who trouble me. You have anointed my head with oil, and my cup is running over Surely your goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The second lesson is a reading from chapter 3 of, the, of John 1. We know love by this that Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for one another. How does God's love abide in anyone who has the world's goods and sees a brother or sister in need and yet refuses help? Little children, let us love, not in word or speech, but in truth and action. And by this we will know that we are from the truth and will reassure our hearts before him whenever our hearts condemn us. For God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Beloved, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have boldness before God and we receive from him whatever we ask because we obey his commandments and do what pleases him. And this is his commandment, that we should believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he has commanded us. All who obey his commandments abide in him and he abides in them. And by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit that he has given us. Here ends the second reading.
1: Would you rise please for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to John, the 10th chapter. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd laid down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, who is not a shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. The wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because the hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have the power to lay it down, and I have the power to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. Grace to you and peace, my sisters and brothers, from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. It is an amazing place, sitting as it does on the top of the hills above Elmira, New York, surrounded by more than a thousand acres of rolling fields, orchards, and woods. It is to this place that I go, so that I can walk and think and pray and find again that spiritual center of my being, which sometimes get pushed aside or even lost in my crazy schedule. This is Mount Saviour Monastery, where I go when I can to join in prayer with the monks there, to sing the offices each day with them and sometimes to work in the fields with them. For while this is a place that is devoted to prayer and to reflection, it's also a working farm. And the main business of the monks at Mount Savior is sheep. And I don't mean just a few sheep, I mean hundreds and hundreds of sheep. In fact, when I was last there, one of the brothers told me that they had more than 800 sheep in various pastures scattered all over the hills around us. Now, you probably don't know this, but I've had horses for a large part of my life, and indeed, I still have horses on my farm outside of Dillsburg. I've also run beef cattle there, and in the past, I'm used to working with lots of different livestock. Therefore, when Brother Pierre asked me a few years ago to help move some sheep, I thought, this won't be too much of a problem. Brother told me that he wanted to bring the sheep in from the field to the barn and sort them into their various pens. He would go out in the field while I would be the one in the barn sorting them into those pens. Not a problem, or so I thought. But very quickly I found out that sheep are different, quite different from horses and even cows. Words like stubborn, ornery, cantankerous, rambunctious, reprobate, all came to mind as I tried to corral those sheep into their pens, all to no avail. But then Brother Pierre came in from the fields We had been herding those sheep toward the barn and within the space of just a few minutes, he had them all in their right places. With a gentle word here, a whistle there, a name called over beyond. The same sheep, who for me had proved so stubborn, became compliant, and they did what their shepherd asked of them. But then I realized he was their shepherd, and they were his sheep. He knew them, and more importantly, they knew him. And that really is the heart of our gospel story this morning, This image of Jesus as the Good Shepherd is so ingrained in our minds, and especially for those of you here at Good Shepherd in Liverpool. It's perhaps hard for us to grasp that it has its roots back in the Old Testament, where the prophets Isaiah and Jeremiah both spoke of God as a shepherd, while Ezekiel warned the kings of Israel that they were not to exalt themselves too highly, for the Lord would come as a shepherd and scatter his sheep. And then of course, there is that wonderful psalm that we read together this morning, this Psalm 23 known as the Good Shepherd Psalm. Although I have to admit, I prefer the Good Shepherd Psalm in the old King James version. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. So it's not surprising that Jesus picks up on this image and uses it in his own teaching calling himself the shepherd and the gate to the sheep pen. And it's also not unexpected the early Christians kept that same image, painting pictures on the walls of the catacombs when they were hiding in fear of the Roman authorities, pictures of the good shepherd tending his sheep. And as generations of Christians followed, it's also not surprising that they kept that same image drawing comfort and consolation from the picture of Christ the Good Shepherd, anxiously seeking out the lost sheep and carrying it home on his shoulders. But the images of the Good Shepherd as all beauty and light need to be tempered by the images of danger and fear, elements that exist in our world today and even invade the placid hills of Elmira in New York. For in those same hills dotted with sheep live the coyote. Not that nice and sometimes hapless cartoon character, but rather a tough, difficult, and dangerous animal that will stop at nothing to come and attack the sheep in a manner not unlike the wolves of which Jesus spoke in a gospel story this morning. Jesus knows that there are many wolves in our lives, attacking us, tearing at the fabric of our being, and circling the outskirts of our families. These wolves come in many shapes and sizes. There is the wolf of sorrow that appears when a lifelong friendship is broken, or when a spouse is taken from us by death. There is the wolf of terror who shows himself When a company is downsized and people find themselves without work and there is little or no money left in the bank. There's the wolf of pain when disagreements happen within families, when brother is set against brother or child against parent. The wolves of this world are all around us and perhaps some of them are already in the sheepfold. We are surrounded by wolves both within and without and the greatest wolf, the greatest wolf of all is the one with the jaws of death who snaps at our heels throughout life and who will one day come to claim each of us in God's good time. But my sisters and brothers, it's because Jesus knows of these wolves in the midst of our living that he speaks to us today of the good shepherd. None of us Are immune from the attacks of the wolves not even Jesus himself for the wolf of death will in due time try to clamp its jaws even onto Jesus although as we know he could not hold on and in the end would be beaten and defeated by God himself and having defeated that great wolf Jesus now turns to protect those who follow him we know this good Shepherd through the relationship we have with him. The same sort of relationship that brother Pierre had with his sheep, a relationship that enabled him to speak to them and guide them. And it's obvious that such relationship is not something that is brand new. Rather, it has been developed over time and in great familiarity, so that there is an intimacy between shepherd and sheep it could not be replicated by one as I, who tried to step in and act as the shepherd and tell those sheep what to do. Brother Pierre had an intimacy with his sheep, they would listen even to his slightest whisper. It is such intimacy that we need to develop with our good shepherd, Jesus the Christ. My sisters and brothers, through the use of prayer, we will hear the voice of the Good Shepherd. Through the listening with our ears, we will be guided by his call on our lives, by being gathered together with all the others who are sheep in the same community of faith we share in this fellowship and we feel his warmth and his love for us, especially through his words spoken to us and his body and blood shared with us. In the intimacy, that this Good Shepherd has with us, we grow in intimacy with each other. Jesus had an intimate relationship with the one whom he called Abba, Father, and we have an intimate relationship with this one named the Good Shepherd. So now our gospel calls for us to live in that same intimate relationship with each other. The call upon every baptized person is to bring the community the love which the Father shared when he made us his own children. And that intimacy enables me, even coming from Dillsburg, who do not know you to call you sister and brother, for we are in the one family of Jesus Christ our Lord. And as children of the same Heavenly Father, as sheep together in the same fold under the care of the Good Shepherd, we are called to live together in love and in peace. No one of us is the shepherd over the others, for the role of shepherd belongs to Christ and to Christ alone. But in and through the love that the shepherd has for us, we too can share that love with each other. For we do not forget, as Christ himself said in the scriptures this morning, that this love which the shepherd had for us was so great, so great that he was willing to lay his own life down for uh, his sheep. This is love unbounded. This is love supreme. For that reason alone, we are called to trust the good shepherd and to live as one flock. So my sisters and brothers, on this Good Shepherd Sunday, let us once again heed the call of our shepherd to grow in faith and trust and love of him and to live together as one flock. Today, the Good Shepherd comes once again to call his sheep, and we who are his flock are called to listen to his voice and to his voice alone. The wolves wait in this world, circling the flock, trying to pounce and destroy the unsuspecting. But in listening to the voice of the shepherd, we will not live in fear of these wolves. We will not live in fear of these wolves. Rather, we will rest secure in the knowledge that by offering his life for us, his sheep, we now live under his care and under his protection until that great day when even the beauty of the sheep dotted Elmira hills will be lost in the greater beauty of the great flock of Christ gathered from the four corners of this world into the safety of his eternal sheepfold where we will graze forever at the banquet feast of the Lamb.